Welcome to the Beargrass Christian Church podcast. This is a bonus episode, part two of my conversation with Dr. Susan Lowe. In this conversation, Susan and I have a very insightful and vulnerable chat about grief. I hope that you find it as enlightening as I did. And here now, my conversation with Dr. Susan Lowe. In seminary, we had to read this book, Dying Well. Um, mm-hmm. What does that look like for you? What, do you? what I mean, as somebody who has a doctorate in ministry in grieving and, you know, end of life care and that kind of thing. Like, what is what does that look like? Well, I think all of us would agree just uh, dying in our sleep would be great. Right. Yes, um, absolutely. And no pain. But um and I, I've seen many church members here be an example of that, um, knowing in advance that uh, they were going to die. Just um, being open to that fact, having conversations with family, saying everything uh, that you can and want to say. And um, I think it's helpful to bring in hospice or palliative care as well. Mm-hmm. So uh, pain is managed and, and that kind of thing. Um and so, yeah, I think uh, Henry Nowen talks about death being our, can be our, our greatest gift if we're willing to talk about it and make plans and uh, do things, you know, writing your obituary, um, planning the service, taking, uh, you know, just making your wishes known so mm-hmm. that when the time comes, family knows what you want because it's hard to function um, oh yeah you know to make a decision for sure um yeah i can remember like uh when the i mean it was the day that dad died my uh the business administrator came in madeline and i could tell by the look on her face like something was wrong and she asked the architect if he would step out. And I remember I was like standing up against a wall, like beside a wall. And she told me, I'm so sorry. Your sister just called and your dad has died. Mm. And I remember like making the conscious decision. I need to lean back against this wall now so I don't fall down. Mm -hmm. And it was like within that was 10 o'clock in the morning. And by three o'clock that afternoon, we're, you know, we're, we're trying to figure out plans and arrangements and people want answers. And, mm-hmm. you know, and I'm just thinking to myself, can we slow this down? I don't know what's happening here. Mm-hmm. And, you know, of course we had nothing planned. We, we had, we had no idea. Yeah. And, Look now, you know, looking back on it, oh, there's so many things I would do different. Mm. You know, there's, I, why did we do that? Why, what were we thinking? Why did we choose this song? You know, what do you mean we did, you know, and it's so bizarre, but you're just, you're just in such a state of shock. Okay. You know, I don't, I don't, I, I, there's no way I was. I, I was not functioning rationally right. well, at all. And, and you don't. Um, and you don't function for a while. And, mm-hmm. You know, that's okay. You know, uh, and I think that's the thing about grief. There's no timetable. And, you know, the second year, I, I, I've i heard people say time and time again, the second year is harder than the first year. Because the first year, really? you're just getting through each anniversary or like, you know, 
birthdays, Thanksgiving, Christmas, you know, special mm-hmm. times of the year that were important to your loved one. Um, so you're just, you know, trying to get through and, and, uh, yeah, I've experienced year. the third actually, year to be yeah, really I, tough. It, it's not always the first year, I guess. The, yeah, the first year, I think I knew it was going to just suck. It was going to be, it was just going to be horrific. You know, the first of everything. Um, and so I guess I was a little bit prepared for that and also still sort of numb. And I think the second year, I... I was feeling a little bit more, but, you know, kind of felt like, oh, okay, I've, I've, I got one year under my belt. I can kind of do this now and probably a little cocky about it. Right. And the the third year, I think I, part of me thought, okay, it'll be, it'll be fine. I'll just breeze right through this. Right. This is, I got this and I don't. And that's like super frustrating at times, <laughs> you know, cause I just, because I, I, I don't want to be, um, you know, I think that we have a tendency to think there's an end to grief. Mm-hmm. Like you should be, you know, like, well, like you said, some people in your grief group, you know, they eight years without their loved one and they're still there partly because they want to help and, you know, they want to help other people in their grief, but also because they miss their, their person. Mm-hmm. And I, I, I think the thing that is so surprising to me is that, there's no end to this. Yeah. That really stinks. It does. Yeah. I mean, there's no doubt about it. I mean, yes. Um, I think you're able to move forward. You're able to, you know, it's not as painful for lack of better terminology. I mean, you're not feeling it every single moment or not in a fog, not. Mm -hmm. So, you know, you know, I've heard people say it gets better or easier for lack of better words, but it's, it's just always there Mm -hmm. because you, you know, I've heard people, you know, talk about their, you know, parents being gone 20, 30 years and there's not a day that goes by where I don't think about them. So, I mean, Mm -hmm. you know, it's, yeah. So I, but I think, you know, complicated grief is when you're not accepting of it and you just stay stuck. Like what would, what are some like practical tools or things that people could do? Do you think that like, you know, are just experiencing profound loss and, you know, wake up in the middle of the night or, you know, and those kind of things like sort of hit you in waves, right? Oh, absolutely. And it's not even in sometimes in the middle of the night. I mean, it's, they call them grief bursts. Uh-huh. It's like you're going along and you hear a song or you right. smell a certain scent or, and it takes you back to your yeah. loved one. And it just, I always say you're a wreck. Yeah. I always say it's like the, the random Tuesday that does me in, you know, yeah. cause it does, it just comes out of nowhere for yeah. no, you know, and it's almost like those milestones, mm-hmm. like those big marker days, like the anniversary of the death, you know, right. you're going to be a wreck, you know, the person's birthday, yes. you know, you're going to be a wreck. You know, if it was like the day you lost your job or right. something like that, like those kind of things, but it's the like random I, grief bursts, I guess is what you call yeah. them. It's grief bursts. It's also just like, I remember, uh, well, not too long ago, uh, my 
grandmother died in 2002 mm. and on the anniversary of her death this year, my, my mom talked about uh, experiencing some, she was concerned about her heart. She had triple bypass surgery many years ago now, but her heart felt heavy. It was different. And I, and I just said, you know, I don't want to downplay and I want you to get it checked out, but you do. I mean, obviously she remembered, but I was like, I just wanted to mention that this is the anniversary of, you know, mm. Nana's death. And she was like, yeah, I thought about that. Mm. And so she got it checked out and everything's great, but it's just without even, sometimes it's not even a cognizant thing. It's just your body. It's a physiological yeah. response. Yeah. To you grief. just kind of know that time of year is just hard. Yeah. Yeah. Grief is more our internal thoughts and feelings about a loss and mourning as Alan Wolfelt, grief guru talks about it's a uh, grief gone public. It's shared response uh, to loss. So, so there's this grief is the internal is kind of the individual internal thoughts and feelings that you're dealing with when, you know, someone you love has died or if there's, a, you know, other loss. Um, and then the morning is, is the ritual. So like your funeral is typically the beginning process of mourning. And so, you know, it's a shared response, uh, to grief. And does it, in the word bereavement, I read not whenever I read it. I don't know, um, but bereavement means to be to, to be torn apart. It means torn apart. Really? Yeah. So. Oh wow. Um, yeah. That's this is fun stuff, isn't it? That's intense. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah it is. Bereavement means to be torn apart. I, yeah, I believe so. Wow. If I'm wrong, forgive me, but I'm pretty sure I read that and I believe it. Um, and so again, I mean, I think everybody's different into what, what is helpful. Is there uh, a writer that you look to for poetry or whatnot? It doesn't always have to be scripture. Obviously, I think scripture is important, but sometimes that's not, you know, what you want to go to um, for whatever reason. But you know, and reaching out to friends who will be there for you and, you know, listen to you. I mean, nobody, uh, I mean, it gets all kinds of things when you get into just grief in, in general. I mean, there's the kind of the silent grief, you know, those uh, experiencing death by suicide or someone who has experienced a miscarriage or, um, you know, either people don't want to talk about it at all. I mean, it just, just adds another layer, I think, sometimes mm -hmm. to the grief. Mm -hmm. um, and people. Yeah, and I think for some of the, you know, um, I have a cousin who um, died by suicide and there was this like, for me, oh, I can remember being so angry with him. And I think that this is a I mean, I won't say normal, normal response because I don't, I don't think that there is a normal kind of, I don't, it, I mean, I don't think that there's like a prescription in terms of what's the right way to grieve or wrong way to grieve or whatever. I think we all experience it our, our own way and any way we do is fine. But I think that there was this like for his parents and I've kind of encountered this with, you know, throughout ministry, there's this level of shame mm. that the families. 
um, experience um, and a lot of guilt, uh, which I I can see would add another, as you say, you know, another layer of the grief process. Yeah. And I I just think that, yeah, it's a... Well, it just sucks. Yeah. Yeah. And disenfranchised grief is basically uh, grief that is not acknowledged by society, um, whether that. And so it's uh, and it can be as simple as people saying to you after two weeks of a a death or a loss, whatever that may be, is like, you know, it's been two weeks. It's been a month. What's what's wrong with you? Get over it. Move on. Mm. Um, it's, it's discounted or, or people are afraid of it or don't know how to handle it. So like death by suicide or, uh, an abortion or a miscarriage or, um, things along those lines. And so it's, it's, it's harder, um, because nobody wants to talk about it or acknowledge it, or they're afraid to do Mm. so. Uh, another example is, uh, you know, a miscarriage or a stillbirth or, or whatever. Um, there's that response of, well, you can always have other children. You, you totally missed the, the point there. That's not the point. I'm grieving this child and the dreams and, and mm-hmm. the future and, and all of it. And mm-hmm. so, um, so there's disenfranchised grief, but then there's also complicated grief, which sometimes it overlaps with the disenfranchised grief. But complicated grief is more along the lines of uh, people aren't going through the, the tasks or or they're not working through their grief. They stay stuck. They, they don't know. They either uh, cannot seem to accept the reality of the death and, and continue to to pine and long for. Um, and so it, it, it kind of, it's hard to define because some people think, oh, well, this is complicated grief when in reality, it's just them moving through the process. Um, but if you're not able to function at all, if you yourself just want to die um, and have thoughts of suicide, then it's likely that it's more complicated grief. Um, and so, and I think they're even, uh, I think years ago, grief was just thought to be grief and there was no medical diagnosis. But I think in recent years, uh, there's even in the DSM five or whatever it's up to now, there is an actual oh, wow. diagnosis. Um, for, I think it's complicated grief is literally wow. what, it, what it is. And so, um, I, you know, and then there's like depression versus complicated grief and it, it well, it can be complicated. We die much in the same way we live or we live much in the same way that we. What are, what, say more, can you say more about that? When you, when you... Uh, I think people who uh, are accepting of like the flow and change of life and just kind of go with it and uh, are also accepting of death and what comes, whereas people who fight against everything in life, when death comes, they fight against death as well. Mm, That is very insightful. I have never thought about that before. So, I mean, and there, I think, but I think that's true. Yeah. I, but I think that that's true for not only like, 
people who fight against things in life, I think they fight against their own death, but also the death of others. Sure. Right. Like the acceptance and, you know, that, oh, that's good stuff. And there's nothing like nothing we can do about that's just who they are. Yes, but I, think, I mean, I think we can attempt to get, engage in conversation, especially if, you know, death is near. I actually had a, a dear friend call me uh, earlier today. Her father is in the process of dying uh, in Illinois, and uh, she's going to go see him this weekend. And she was asking, you know, is it OK for me to, um, you know, bring up stories of happy memories or will that make him sad or mm-hmm. I don't I just don't want to make him sad. And I'm like, Yes, I I think he probably knows he's in the process of dying. Maybe not when or whatnot, Mm -hmm. but there's nothing that's off limits. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You know, say what you want to say and need to say, and you may provide that space for him to share what he's actually thinking Mm -hmm. and feeling. Yeah. Do we... So, I don't think... Do you think that people, you know, just in general are... Um, aware that they're grieving or do they, do you think that they sort of it seems like culturally and some of these you know we just kind of make light of it or downplay it or yes. you know and so I'm, I'm left wondering are people really getting the the support and the care that they need for these major life transitions that are happening I think the important thing to remember is that nobody can tell you how to grieve. Uh, you have to be the one to know when you can take it, take it on and not take it on. But the importance is that, um, you know, accepting the reality of the loss and then doing the grief work, experiencing the pain and, and the hurt. And some people, um, you know, shut down and won't just don't feel anything or, you know, um, they aren't able to, uh, eventually um, kind of move forward in life, build new relationships, um, function. And, and that's when it's a little, it's, I would think, complicated. Mm-hmm. Um, they just sort of press pause on all aspects of life. Like, right. I'm not going to engage. I, I just can't. It's a, it's right. a, in a, for an extended period of time, like, I don't know if it's six months or, or, or a year. Six months seems kind of awful like to me, but I think it's the intense, you know, the intensity of the intensity that. of it and not being able to, you know, to function or, mm-hmm. or feel or, mm-hmm. or having, you know, again, thoughts of, you know, dying yourself mm-hmm. or, and I think that some of that is quote unquote normal early on. Cause you're just so lost and you don't know what to do. So an occasional thought like that, that's just part and parcel of the, the grief process. But if you're like focused on that for an extended period of time, that's when there's some concern. Okay. So for, for somebody who's going through grief or maybe uh, someone who has is friend or family member is going through it, can, are there any resources that you recommend that could help? Like, you know, are there books or videos or anything that you, you feel like, or, you know, I, Quality. I think, uh, I'm a big uh, fan and supporter of Dr. Alan Wolfelt, and he has uh, the Center for uh, 
loss and learning and go into that website and getting stuff. He talks about the, the grievers or the mourners bill of rights and it's eight or 10, um, you know, this is your right as a, a griever and a mourner, you know, don't let anybody tell you how long or what it should look like, what it should look like. You're allowed to feel your feelings. Uh, you're allowed to, you know, I mean, it's a whole list of, of, of things. It's, you know, so, um, things like that. And he has a whole series of, of books on, uh, healing your heart, healing, you know, whether that's somebody who's been diagnosed with all the way from Alzheimer's to to books on helping a a teen's heart heal after losing the death of a, a parent or a friend. Yeah. And I think coming to our grief support group that, Dr. Joseph Quay and I lead um, mm-hmm. is helpful. I think they often say, um, I mean, it's as early as you're ready, but oftentimes it's uh, after six months to get into a grief support group is helpful. But, uh, you know, you're not usually ready to do something mm-hmm. like that until about six months or so. Mm-hmm. And so I'd encourage anybody, no matter how short or long mm-hmm. um, the loss has been to to come and receive uh, support. And when does the grief support group meet? Uh, Wednesday evenings at 630. Um, and it's here at the church? At here Burgers. at the church, typically in room 114. Okay. Um, and we have sessions in the fall and spring that we'll be advertising. Okay. Um, letting folks know about, but, uh, I think anytime you're able to, and have, have your go-to people or you can just text or, or mm-hmm. call and don't be afraid to, to talk about your loved one and share a story with someone people want to, want to hear. Mm-hmm. Um, anything else? Uh, I'm sure there is, but that's it. We can that. always, we can always do another podcast. Well, there you go. I All like right. it. Thanks. Thanks, Dr. Lowe. Thank you. All right. Peace. Peace. Thanks, Susan, for a wonderful conversation. You know, this week, especially the idea that bereavement means a tearing apart has has really stuck with me after the tragedies in Dayton and El Paso. And uh, I hope that this conversation has been as helpful and insightful for you as it was for me. If you want more information on grief, you can go to www.centerforloss.com. That is the website uh, that Susan mentioned uh, that is with Dr. Wellfeld. Also, the grief support group that we briefly talked about will begin Wednesday, September 11th, 6.30 p.m. in room 114. And again, grief can come from any loss, death, divorce, or dislocation. And all of these are common contributors to grief. So we invite you to come process your grief and um, learn to cope and adjusting to this new reality. Susan is uh, always joined in the grief support group by Dr. Joseph Quay. And again, that support group will begin Wednesday, September 11th, right here at Beargrass Christian Church, 6.30 p.m. in room 114. Thanks for, li- for listening, and uh, we'd love to see you around the table at either our 9 or 11 Sunday morning worship services. We're located at 4100 Shelbyville Road in St. Matthews. You can find all of our worship times, location, and upcoming events on our website, www.beargrass.com. Until next time, grace and peace.